Yeah, I think they're going to need way bigger pitchforks and torches. I'm Rene Ritchie, and here's a quick recap of the drama so far. Epic Games mega snuck the biggest of all shadow bombs onto the App Store and Play Store, a way around giving Apple and Google a 30% cut of all of those V-Bucks. And as a result, Fortnite, their uber-popular battle royaler, got shadow banned, still on phones and download histories, but kicked out of the stores. Epic sued, saying no company, sorry, no phone company had a right to 30% of their tasty, tasty emote and skin sale billions. Epic called Apple a controlling, conniving, anti-competitive monopolist, and Google open in name only, while fear-mongering and outright bullying to stay effectively every bit as closed. Apple and Google retorted that Epic was a grown apps adult, had agreed to the deal, made billions as a result, and was now throwing the equivalent of a temper tantrum to try and claw back just a few more billion. And now, impossible as it may seem, things just got weirder. Sponsored by Brilliant. For all the latest in-depth analysis on everything Apple and App Store, because this tea is literally spilling by the minute, hit the subscribe button and bell, and then hold on to your V-Bucks. Last Monday, literally right after my previous video on all of this went live, Epic claimed that in 14 days, two weeks, Apple would terminate their developer account, meaning they would be cut off from both iOS and macOS developer tools. And the Apple and tech web collectively lost their minds because Epic isn't just a game company that makes Fortnite. They're also a game engine company that licenses Unreal 4 to other companies. Those other companies use Unreal 4 to make other games for a variety of game platforms, but also to do a wide range of other things. For example, ILM, Industrial Light and Magic, famously, famously uses it to create the virtual sets for the hit Disney Plus Star Wars show, The Mandalorian. Now, most of that work isn't done on the Mac and isn't done for iOS, but some of it is. And if Epic loses their developer account, they lose the ability to sign new and updated versions of the Unreal Engine for Mac, which means everyone using it loses their ability to develop and update their apps. Sure. Epic could still ship new and updated versions of Unreal that are unsigned, which means Mac developers would have to disable Gatekeeper to install them, but it would make an already annoyingly complex process of signing chains even more annoying, potentially unworkably so, which yes, is pretty much why Epic was complaining about Google sideloading being a sham in part one of all this. And that means Epic isn't just risking their own game and their own business in going head-to-head and face-to-face against Apple and Google. They're risking the games and businesses of everyone licensing the Unreal Engine from them. This led some people to get really just extra next-level angry at Apple for making that kind of threat, and others to get really just next-level extra angry at Epic for putting those other companies at risk. You know, by not spinning off Unreal and getting it on a legally separate developer account first, before making this whole battle royal station fully operational. Epic filed for an immediate TRO, temporary restraining order, saying Apple's actions threatened millions of innocent customers worldwide, basically everyone who played any Unreal-based game. But also, yeah, that Epic was losing a buttload of money from in-app purchases while Fortnite was kept sitting in the penalty box, and that the court should not just prevent Apple from terminating Epic's developer account, but force Apple to put Fortnite back on the App Store, even though it would still be in violation of their agreement with Apple, so they could keep on updating and earning while all of this just gets hashed out. And there's just so much to unpack here. First, What Epic characterizes as a threat is more like a promise. According to the App Store licensing agreement that Epic agreed to, if they violated those policies by sneaking something into their app, just exactly like the Fortnite Mega Drop, their agreement would be terminated effective immediately upon written receipt of notification from Apple. Now, 
You can totally believe that's a complete jackass of a licensing agreement, but it's one that Epic agreed to, which means they knew about it and still intentionally put every developer who licenses the Unreal Engine at risk by violating it. That's all on Epic. Apple, of course, could have chosen not to send a written notification of termination, even if it created an untenable precedent for them, basically inviting any and everyone else to launch the same workaround, they still chose to send it out immediately. And that's on Apple. By contrast, Google seems to have the same stipulations in the Play Store agreement, but at least so far, there's no indication they've chosen to enforce them. Maybe they're negotiating behind the scenes. Maybe they've just chosen to wait and see and watch Apple's world burn. But Apple has every legal right to terminate the agreement with Epic immediately. That's the language, which means the Unreal Engine would go bye-bye immediately. But Apple seems to have chosen to give Epic two weeks instead. So that means, despite Epic's filings, not actually in any imminent danger, much less irreparable harm. Epic has plenty of time to update the Fortnite app on the App Store and the Play Store, for that matter, removing the Mega Drop functionality and getting right back onto the store shelves. They don't even have to stop their legal action. They can have their V-Bucks money and their lawsuits too. Now, Apple said roughly as much in the statement later the same day, that they very much wanted to keep Epic as part of the developer program and on the App Store that Epic had created this problem for themselves, but could also fix it for themselves by submitting that type of update, one that reverts Fortnite back into compliance, which Apple said Epic had agreed to and which apply to all developers. Also, that Apple wouldn't make an exception for Epic because they don't think it's right to put Epic's business interests ahead of the guidelines that protect Apple's customers. And there's a lot to unpack there as well. You could argue Apple and Google created this war by running the stores the way they do, but I think it's entirely fair to say Epic's started this particular battle with their mega drop that was clearly planned to provoke Apple and Google into responding. And Epic had everything from lawsuits to videos to other PR stunts just ready and waiting for the moment that they did. Where Apple's stance remains problematic is their constant insistence that their policies apply equally to all developers. And I covered this in excruciating detail in last week's video, link in the description. But to sum it up, it's fair to say Apple's policies and Google's apply equally to all game developers. Developers of non-game apps operate under varying degrees of very different guidelines, something that is just wicked obvious game developers don't like, not one bit. Also, the idea that Apple is doing this to protect their customers, I mean, big picture. They probably believe that as much as Epic believes they're standing up to Apple for their customers as well. But debates over privacy and security versus choice and competitiveness get real abstract, real fast, bordering on projection and rationalization when it comes to who gets what control and share of skin and emote money. Apple didn't just put out a press statement either. Apple also filed a response to Epic's request for a restraining order. It went a little something like this. Epic wanted the benefits of the App Store without having to pay for them anymore, and so breached their contract with Apple, trying to use Fortnite players and Apple's own users as leverage. And it's just all shades of shady that Epic is asking for quote-unquote emergency relief for a situation entirely of their own making. That Epic in fact created the harm to game players and developers that it now wants the court to remedy. But all of this would just go away if Epic retracted their mega drop without the court or lawyers having to spend a minute or waste a dime, and that Epic could just keep on suing them anyway. Basically, in Apple's words, Epic wants the court to allow it to free ride on Apple's innovation, intellectual property, and user trust, which just wow. Now, opinions on the benefits of the App Store vary. Some believe it has no value and that Apple shouldn't be allowed to extract a penny more than the $99 a year they collect for the developer program. 
plus whatever single-digit percentage basic transaction fees would work out to be. Others, that the App Store provides some benefit when it comes to the development tools and frameworks Apple provides, the international transaction and taxes they handle, the hosting, delivery, including app thinning and bit code that happens server-side, exposure, discovery, and promotion on the storefront, and the trust they've built up from iOS users that makes us so willing to spend so much on the App Store, just that it's not worth 30%, maybe 15% or thereabouts. Still others, that the App Store does in fact provide 30% worth of value, and they have no problem with it, because keeping 70% of what they make on the App Store is way more than 100% of what they don't off the App Store, and that people who keep wanting the App Store to be more like the Play Store should maybe consider why the App Store makes so much more money than the Play Store, even with far fewer downloads. And some canny indies feel that the App Store would be worth 30% to them if Apple actually delivered on everything they said they would. But review remains capricious and often callous, frameworks like the ones for subscriptions just unacceptably cumbersome and convoluted, and that basically, if Apple wants their full share, they should devote a hell of a lot more time, energy, and resources to providing full service. Now, there are also developers who find Apple's language in these cases just super offensive, that Apple basically gives them a love letter every WWDC, but every time there's a disagreement, acts as though developers owe them everything for the frameworks they provide, even while denying them non-Apple frameworks as alternatives, and should basically just shut up and be grateful for their existence. In this case, specifically, how Epic benefits from something like Apple's Metal, even though they're not provided anything else to use, like the cross-platform Vulkan. Other developers, though, don't seem to mind that one bit, feeling Apple's versions are genuinely easier and better. Now, the part about Epic being able to fix all of this with a single App Store rollback is also true. Like I mentioned before, it's the part where Apple says Epic could do all of that while just keeping on with the lawsuit. Super interesting, like the quiet part being said out loud. More on that in a hot take minute. Apple went on to say that by Epic's logic, Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, among others, would also be monopolies. And all this antitrust rhetoric is just an orchestrated campaign, a thin veneer to get the App Store benefits without having to pay for them. And the first part is actually kind of true, because the fact that Xbox, PlayStation, and Switch exist means there are more distribution opportunities and markets for game developers than for non-game developers. And Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo all take the exact same 30% cut as Apple or Google. Epic has said previously they don't mind paying 30% to Xbox or PlayStation or Switch because the business model and opportunities are different. That Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo often sell hardware at a loss and provide big game developers better partner plays and marketing. But also, Sony owns 1.4% of Epic, and Nintendo and Microsoft both license the Unreal Engine, making their relationships more intertwined and complex, as we'll soon see. Anyway, the usual remedy for this is choosing not to put your games on the platforms you don't think are worth it, and investing instead on the ones you do. And if Apple and Google suddenly found themselves unable to attract the game studios their users demanded, they'd be forced to concede some points or otherwise change the rules to get those big studios on board. That's the big business version of voting with their wallets, and what companies like Netflix and Amazon have done to successfully negotiate better terms and wholesale changes to the guidelines for their apps and their categories. But the high order bit here is that Epic doesn't really want to change the App Store or Play Store. They want to become the store. Included in the filings were a couple of remarkable works of lettering by Epic CEO Tim Sweeney, sent to Tim Cook, Phil Schiller, Craig Federighi, and Matt Fisher, Apple CEO, 
Head of App Store, SVP of Software, and VP of App Store, respectively. In the first letter, dated June 30th of this year, Sweeney said Epic wanted to offer customers alternate payment options on the App Store and a competing Epic Game Store, also on the App Store, that got to use the iOS frameworks and all the App Store mechanisms for a seamless installation and update experience. Epic wanted them for themselves, but also hoped Apple would make them available to other developers as well. And that it'd be great if Apple gave Epic a side letter or altered their contracts to allow Epic to do this. And yeah, the inclusion of hoped and side letter sure makes it seem like Epic would have taken a deal just for them. Other developers be damned if they could have gotten one. Sweeney gave Apple two weeks to agree to the terms in principle. And if Apple didn't, Epic would take it to mean Apple just didn't care about letting Android customers choose their store or payment options. Yes, Android customers, which was either a simple error on Sweeney's part or an indication the same type of letter was sent to Google and they just find replaced it all sloppy-like. Now, there's no indication Sweeney sent the same type of letter to Microsoft, Sony, or Nintendo at all. Even though all sophistry and subjective opinions aside, an Epic Game Store makes as much sense on the Xbox, PlayStation, and Switch as it does on the iPhone or Android phones. It could be Epic really feels the business models are different, is giving them a pass due to their deeper financial mingling, or is just warming up with what they feel is an easier to win battle with Apple and Google before turning on Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo next, because that would certainly be the smartest strategy. Now, Epic isn't asking for sideloading, because through their own statements and court filings, they've said Android's implementation of sideloading makes it so difficult, so scary, and PlayProtect effectively blocks it to the point that it may as well not even exist at all. And my guess is Epic realizes mainstream customers just don't use it. Nerds? Yes, absolutely. And nerds chronically mistake ourselves for the market. But Epic doesn't. They want the really big market the real mainstream market. I'm also guessing Epic doesn't even really care about the alternative payment parts in their first big ask, because the second big ask is an alternate store. And once they have the store, they control the payments. There's no more need for any alternatives. So that reads more like a fallback than an end game. And the reason Epic wants the Epic Game Store on the App Store and Google Play Store is because, again, according to Epic, sideloading just isn't a viable option. Also, that Google bullied OnePlus and maybe LG into reneging on deals to preload the Epic launcher onto their phones. Fortnite did go onto the Samsung Game Store and was exclusive to Samsung for the Galaxy Note 9 launch, exclusive being something Epic is happy to use and some would say abused to grab market share from Steam on the PC. But as popular as Samsung devices are, their store drives a fraction of the downloads of the Google Play Store. And Epic knows that. If even Samsung pre-installing an alternate store can't drive enough revenue, getting people to sideload an Epic Game Store wouldn't do much better. It would do much, much worse. And that's why Epic wants their game store on the App Store and Play Store. So it's in front of every App Store and Play Store user. So it gets to take advantage of all the discovery, all the trust that they've also been arguing isn't worth as much as Google and Apple want to charge for it. To use all the mechanics Google and Apple have engineered and provided to maintain a level of user experience they don't believe they can deliver on their own, while effectively cutting Google and Apple out of any piece of the skins and emotes action. Because... Once the Epic Game Store is on the App and Play Store, you can bet Fortnite won't be. It'll only be on the Epic Game Store, at least if they can grab enough downloads that way. And if not, they'll have their own transactions to fall back on. Less shot chaser, more jab uppercut. And to that, some people will say, yeah, 
Hell yeah, stick it to the platform. Apple and Google have fed off their initial innovation for a decade, and it's time for a new deal. Free as in Fortnite. And others would say, you don't like the rules of the house, you tried to move out, but found living on your own just too difficult, so now you wanna not only stay at the house for free, but charge a cover to your parties and stick the hosts with the bill. Get a job. Sweeney's other letter, 2 a.m., right before the mega drop, telling Apple that Epic will no longer adhere to the App Store payment restrictions and would be launching their own direct payment system in Fortnite, passing 20% of the 30% savings on to customers, minus the associated transaction costs, of course. Okay, <laughs> he didn't break out the numbers like that, but in Epic's defense, they had a lot of marketing still to do. That Epic is suing both Apple and Google, but targeting Apple so much more than Google is also Hella interesting. So much so that I can't help but wonder if Epic suing Google at all wasn't a mistaken strategy. Maybe they thought they had to sue both to ensure the distinction they were trying to make, the one about phones being general purpose computers and game consoles being consoles was made. Or maybe this is just Epic's way of having it both ways. For example, there's no Google don't be evil video the way there is an Apple don't be 1984 video. There's also seemingly no TRO or request for emergency injunctive relief against Google the way there is against Apple. Even though there's no indication Google has notified Epic that they'll be revoking their developer license. Even though there's no direct analog to macOS developer tools for the Epic Unreal Engine on Google's platform. And yeah, it's just even those all the way down. Earlier this week, Epic also announced a hashtag free Fortnite cup. They say it's the final days of the entire Fortnite community's ability to play together. Since Apple has blocked Fortnite from the App Store and iOS players will be left behind. That's when Chapter 2 Season 4 launches on August 27th. If you don't want to be left behind, Epic says, you can jump on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, PC, Mac, GeForce Now, and through both the Epic Games app at epicgames.com and the Samsung Galaxy Store, and join the fight against the App Store on social with hashtag Fortnite. All of your friends, awesome prizes, and, wait for it, one bad apple. So, again, nothing similar about the Play Store, which Epic's lawsuits say they very much want on, and argue that sideloading options are so egregiously just not good enough. Just hashtag free Fortnite on the App Store. Just right now, as I'm filming this, Epic clapped back at Apple's clapback with more court filings and, plot twist, with support from Microsoft. This time, they focused on the Unreal Engine, specifically. With Epic saying because the engine was on the line as well, Apple's actions were unnecessarily punitive, affecting developers who have built on Epic's engine. Or, as Epic phrased it, the breadth of Apple's retaliation is itself an unlawful effort to maintain its monopoly and chill any action by others who might dare oppose Apple. Same as before, some would agree with this, and others would argue that Epic is the one putting developers at risk by putting the Unreal Engine at risk. It's also perfectly acceptable to believe both Apple and Epic are being irresponsible and putting these developers at risk, developers who have nothing to do with this case. Microsoft, for their part, says Apple denying Epic access to development tools prevents them from supporting Unreal on iOS or the Mac and places Unreal Engine and those game creators that have built are building and may build games on it at a substantial disadvantage. Game developers like Microsoft, who uses it for Forza. Now, it's inarguably a big deal that Microsoft is giving Unreal their support, regardless of whether or not Microsoft depends on them. But it's also telling that Microsoft filed only in support of Unreal, and not Fortnite, and the rest of Epic's case against Apple. Because that particular can of hurt might just fall on Microsoft's Xbox store next. Look, 
This story is obviously changing, mutating, and escalating quickly. There may even be a ruling on the TRO by the time you watch this, and Epic may have even decided whether they'll stick to their protest or update Fortnite and profit take while continuing to sue another day. So seriously, hit the subscribe button and bell so you don't miss the next exciting chapter of this drama. Either way, US law certainly doesn't seem to be on Epic's side in all this, given how many viable game markets there are, all at 30%, it would be very hard to make any of the monopoly charges stick. And either way, courts have been extremely loath to impose any duty to deal on companies. That is to say, force one company to work with another, even competitors. And they're even murky for monopolies for a variety of reasons. Likewise, with Qualcomm, we just saw the courts effectively carve out hyper-competitive behavior from anti-competitive behavior. In other words, companies are supposed to be extremely competitive, especially with their competition, which is probably why Epic is spending so much time and effort appealing not to the court of law, but to the court of public opinion in the form of in-game advertising or propaganda, depending on how you view them, but also to the court of US and EU regulators. See, existing laws are one thing, but both the US and the EU are looking into big tech companies, how they deal with partners like developers and competitors especially smaller ones, and what's better for consumer pricing and open markets respectively. And if anything, legislators and regulators have proven themselves to be a resoundingly illiterate when it comes to technology. You may know them from previous actions like handing an 83% share of eBooks to Amazon and web browser dominance to Chrome. Basically, they operate with hammers and the remedies they propose could range from being truly beneficial to consumers, detrimental to big tech companies, or even odds, both. Because if or when the US and the EU force Apple and Google's app markets to open, Epic wants to be there with the game store to take advantage of it. And if they can help kick the doors down, so much the better. Now, some people say they are all for this, that it'll force Apple and Google to compete for usage and payments on the merits, on trust and experience instead of on lock-in, that it'll provide more opportunity and options for more apps and people, that ultimately it'll be better for developers and consumers. Others say they just hate the idea, that it'll create fragmentation and confusion, force customers to figure out and hunt down which store has which app, create multiple accounts across multiple payment systems, and open them up to greater risk of malware and fraud, that ultimately it'll be worse for developers and consumers. And a lot of this, a lot of this will come down to whether you think Apple's App Store has been so successful because of or in spite of the level of control Apple exerts over it, whether they've simply been given or have earned the customer trust needed to drive so much money through the App Store economy, how much a trillion dollar company is entitled to for that economy, and how much they should be required to give back simply because of their success, even to billion dollar companies like Epic which is a really important nuanced argument to have. But I do think Apple and Google would be wise to get ahead of regulators and lawmakers on this and quick. Pick the concessions that would win them the most while hurting them the least, whether that's a proper gatekeeper for iOS or reader app equivalents for games, or that's a whole other video and I'm working on it. Meanwhile, if you wanna make the next Fortnite so you can get into all this hot skin and emote action, a great place to start is brilliant. They've got courses not just on computer science, but on cutting edge subjects like neural networking as well. Imagine, you have to locate your keys, but your room is just hella messy. As you look, your wall tiles change colors, revealing how close or far your last guess was from your keys. Even if you have no clear indication how to structure your guesses, you can still get better 
round after round, figuring out your strategy based on the feedback and finding your keys in surprisingly few guesses. Now, imagine that's not just finding keys, but training algorithms for NPCs for any sort of in-game problem solving or monetization. Brilliant's a website and app with over 60 interactive courses in math, science, computer science, logic and deduction, physics, quantum mechanics, game theory, cryptocurrency, and so much more. The courses are laid out like a story and broken down into pieces so that you can tackle them a little bit at a time. There are no tests and no grades. You just pick a course based on what you're interested in and get started. If you make a mistake, who cares? Just check out the explanation to find out more. Go to brilliant.org slash Renee Ritchie and sign up for free. Just click on the link in the description or go to brilliant.org slash Renee Ritchie and the first 200 of you can also level up with 20% off the annual premium subscription. And clicking on that link really helps out the channel. Thanks, Brilliant. Thanks to all of you for your support. Check out my rumor analysis playlist for more and see you next video.